This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co-host, resident blue shirt and xenobiologist, Daniel Prue. Now, Daniel, I... I hear you've been organizing all the log entries relating to the encounters with the Q entity. Now, are you putting them in the correct order? Uh, if Are you asking me if I'm putting them in alphabetical order? Because it's kind of difficult when they just decide to make up titles that, that don't even follow any sort of rules here. I don't, I don't know how to put these in alphabetical order. Okay, but do, do you know the chronological order? <laughs> no, I don't know any order. I'll just listen. I, they all have Q in them. That's all I know, and that's all that matters. Okay, well, Encounter at Farpoint and Tap Crew Street should be easy to put in there. Don't forget all Q things. <laughs> all right, well, I'm also joined by my co-host, sitting at Tactical, Security Chief Darren Moser. Now, Darren, I'm told you're trying to find the right holodeck program for some quality father-daughter time. Any luck so far finding a good program? Uh, no, actually, I've, I, w- I went to the holodeck to have it create for me the ideal sitting at tactical chair and so i told it make me a chair and the thing it just dropped in front of me was not what i would call remotely a chair so i called jordy down to to look at the holodeck because it must clearly be malfunctioning uh yeah it was like it was made out of wood or something primitive yeah it it didn't make me think of you so uh and uh is is your daughter having trouble sleeping at night now (laughs) does she hear any sounds at at night, uh, any, well, the, my baby monitor is picking up some weird stuff around uh, oh, uh, 1800, but uh, besides that, no, it's been good. Okay, and your wife has probably noticed that big glowing circle on the ceiling for like the last five hours, but anyway. Um, well, as folks probably can't tell at all from this intro, is um, today's topic is actually a light-hearted, hopefully, topic. We're going to be talking about the comedic episodes and moments in the next generation obviously we have a lot of fun here on earl gray um but we're going to focus slowly on on when uh the next gen brought the funny uh usually um on purpose um and you know because i i think tng's a pretty heavy show it's a very serious show and you could say all the series are like that i mean the original series always had it sort of laugh on the bridge ending sometimes and and it had comedic episodes right trouble with tribbles um the the second uh i mud um, Trouble and tribulation. Comedic episode. <laughs> yes, that was a half of the TOS episode. Yes. Um, so, so and, you know, I don't know the other series to a certain extent may or may not have had comedic episodes. I don't know, but we're talking TNG. So, um, I have a little list. We're gonna we're gonna go through, and then certainly uh, Daniel and Darren will will throw in what they want. But but when I made the list, the first thing I was worried about is well, you know. It's just going to be Q episodes. You know, that was probably all there was. And, and there, were, there wasn't. There's going to be lots more than that. But I think that's where we should begin, with the Q episodes. And to me, the, the biggest comedic episodes that, that Q brought us 
were Deja Q, uh, that's the third season, 13th episode, and Cupid, which was one season later in the fourth season, 20th episode. And to me, Deja Q is, to me, one of the funniest episodes of TNG. This is the one, Daniel, where Q loses his powers, <laughs> I mean, literally shows up naked on the bridge and says, red alert. And then there's just the, there's just one line after another for the next episode. Um, so, so Daniel, while you're trying to remember which one that is, Darren, what is your, what is your 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 sort of you know thoughts about that being a comedic episode and maybe your favorite moments, if any, um, that really made you laugh in that one? Well, it's a it's a good episode because they pair Data with Q, so you get the ultimate like straight man with like no humor and emotion, and Q, who is the you know practical jokester trickster and yes yeah, it's, it's a fun episode you get a lot of you know great it's like you could almost see it as a children's story of you know how the cue learned its lesson you know it's <laughs> cue went on the bridge of the end of uh, uh, bridge of the ep- Q went on the bridge of the enterprise and boy was picard not happy to see him but uh but no it's a fun episode you get the great mo- i mean he just interacts with all these great characters wharfs all like die and Guinan, you know, stabs him with a fork. And, you know, it's just, it's all these great kind of what everyone wanted to do when Q shows up because he's just such a pain. And it's a, it's a fun, fun episode. The, the only thing I don't like about it is almost the title because Deja Q, which I'm assuming is obviously a play off of the word Deja Vu, I don't see how that has anything to do with the one where Q loses his power. So it's always hard for me to remember what this one's about. Oh, there was a there was a glitch, I think, in the Matrix. Oh, the so it was referencing so, Matrix, yeah. which would come out in nineteen ninety what? Nine, nineteen ninety nine. Time is continuum. We've Look, all been the scarecrow, and, and okay? We've all, we've all been the scarecrow. <laughs> Big deal. <laughs> to the journey. <laughs> well, I think one of my favorite tracking shots, if I'm using that word correctly, is Q in the turbo lift, which apparently is the size of my room. Um, <laughs> as he walks to wharf, he's like listing all the things he'll have to do now that he's human like say nothing of being ticklish of sneezing having to wear clothes to bathe (laughs) too bad what about you daniel yeah yeah, what a i mean what a great episode that is and uh you know just seeing q go like what is wrong what is wrong with my stomach i don't this weird pain that's going on i don't understand like you know, it's fish out of water humor. It, Star Trek does it really well, and it's a lot of fun. And it, especially, you know, season three, we've gotten to know Q well enough to be like, "Ha ha, you're getting your comeuppance at this point now. How do you how do you like it?" You know, and he's got back pains and all of these other things. And it's just it's such a you know. Hey, any t- the thing is, he's under like, stress, problems with the family. <laughs> exactly. Even in his most serious episodes, well most of his most serious episodes there's always at least a few good you know uh, one-liners at least because because uh, q brings the funny every time he's now around. is this the third q episode we've seen him in it is so we had encounter farpoint and then well, this was his fourth wasn't it no no no. it was this is the third it's, it's like it's encounter then you have hide, hide and q. q that's right where he kills everyone and, well, yeah, no, no, no you're right you're right q who you're right i would never Q-Hoo. have been able to tell yeah. you the title of that episode but i knew that it was there the bold <laughs> Yes. The so fun episode the fun where, where Q introduces the Federation to its mortal enemy. 
Yeah. We we do get some unintentional humor in that episode with Cat Hands yeah. McGee yeah. in the you know, <laughs> forward. So. Uh-huh. But but to to me, because I think in some ways, and maybe this is just me, we think of Q as as a humorous character. But I mean, those encounter, you know, to the extent it's serious. I mean, it is. Then you have Hide and Q, which is just stupid, but it's serious. Um, and then you have Q, who, again, obviously, as we say, you know, the Borg, and, and certainly th- people. There's a death count in that episode. Um, but to me, Deja Q is that first time that we do a spin on that character and be like, but he's funny. We can do a whole funny episode. And, and then, you know, you go to Voyager and all that stuff, and it kind of continues that. He's always going to be the funny guy after that. But this sort of sets the tone for me. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, you're right. It's like Deja Q and Cupid kind of, I think that's what establishes the Q personality that Voyager yeah. picks up. Uh, and Tapestry, I guess, as well, right? Where he gets... He has that same kind of, ha I'm teaching you a lesson, but I'm doing it while I'm waving my arms around acting like an idiot, you know. And um, I have flowers it, for a Gene Luck Pickard. <laughs> and I love Tapestry. I think that's, well, it's I like mean, the forgotten know, Q episode because it wasn't in the title. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say it's Q's best episode because he's also in All Good Things, but you know what I mean. It, the, it, but it's, it, it is like that's the part of the personality that Voyager picks up on and, uh, you know, and runs with for, for better or for worse. And also Deja Q is the first time we see another Q who also says, ugh, what an ugly color. Yeah, I know. Who's also um, named Q. Corbin. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. It's Q, Q. It's actually a really good cameo. Was that Corbin Benson? Is that his name? But that's from uh, L.A. Law and Psych and all that stuff. But... Um, very random but cool cameo there. But yeah, so that that was good. So you know, Daniel, you mentioned it, Cupid, another comedic episode. You want to talk about fish out of water? Uh, we have the Enterprise crew out of the Enterprise. So so Daniel, what do you, what do you what's sort of your favorite comedic moments, laugh out loud moments, your LOL moments, if you will, from <laughs> Cupid? You know, it's a classic line. We all know it, right? It's, Sir, I must protest. I am <laughs> not the merry man. Like, <laughs> it's you know, I think they use that. Uh, if I remember correctly, I think they use that as uh, as a, as a teaser for that episode. Like, Worf. You know, Worf had pretty much some of the best one-liners in the entire series, and uh, that that episode certainly is no exception. Um, it, it's just a fun episode. It's a fun episode where it's not like the death of the Enterprise. It's Oh, Picard's one-time girlfriend might disappear or something, I guess. And, you know, and it's basically Q having fun with Picard, and it's just a lot of fun. It's the, the crew is like, what? You know, what the heck is going on? And I don't know. I love that episode. I think it's a super fun episode. And I, I, sometimes I tend to think it's a, a holodeck episode, but then I have to remember, no, this is actually all real. Everything that's going on is, well, quote-unquote, you know, as real as Q can make it. I think it would be... As you say, I've given it a life of its own. <laughs> I think it would it would even funnier if, I mean, you know, Robin Hood is fairly well known in our time, but this is the 24th century if, like, no one remembered who Robin Hood was, and they're just like, what is going on? But, uh, no, it's, I mean, you get Worf in as, you know, Will Scarlet, which is funny because, you know, he's not named Will, but, uh, uh, you know, Data with his uh, Friar Tuck hair, uh, you know, it's <laughs> and turkey like yeah, his giant mutton chop, and you know, yeah, you just you, you, I'd it'd be fun to like edit this footage together with like the Adventures of Robin Hood, 
and just (laughs) I mean which is a BBC One presents (laughs) the greatest fanfic ever written about Robin Hood but uh, but no it's just a really fun movie and you know as they do try to use Vosh in other times it it, which never kind of really sticks but uh, but it was it was fun and and you know especially putting you know Picard out of water because you know he doesn't want to be romantic on in front of his crew he doesn't want to pursue the girl so all of that adds to you know him squirming around the entire episode and uh and it's just it's it's quite fun um uh, Darren Captain Picard is a very private person well, I think the only way they could have topped it is is having you know the other villainous roles uh, be played by like Star Trek aliens. So you have like a Klingon sheriff of Nottingham and a, you know, Romulan Prince John. I think that would have that maybe maybe too much, maybe maybe that should have stayed on the on the on the writing room floor. But well, some I in- do. I do love when uh, when Worf takes Jordy's loot. <laughs> I'm like, I think it's a great how he's like, ding, times ding, can Star Trek ding, do an ding. Animal House reference? Uh, oh. oh, gosh. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you talked about, um, you know, Picard being out of water and, and the Q element, but, like, as you said, Darren, Vosh, I mean, she's, a, she's another element that's uh, not, not Starfleet at all. And so she brings that other element to it of, of not predicting or not behaving predictably, of, of pulling the sword on Jean-Luc and of, of play acting with the sheriff and all that stuff. And, or not the sheriff, but um, whatever the bad guy was. Um, I think and, it was Guy so of Gisborne. Sort of gives a very, yeah, that's right. Oh, also, oh, Guy of Gisborne. Oh, that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> it, it also, like, you know, that episode, like, kind of – Further solidifies Q and and Picard's relationship. It's it's one of those first times, one of those times that we get this sense that Q is trying kind of to help Picard in a really, really roundabout <laughs> way in like the silliest way possible. But I just now picturing that the more you know, star shooting across, and it's like Q's face superimposed <laughs> over the star, and he's just smiling. <laughs> but is it that same way that he was in the cigar smoke? Exactly. But but no, it's a it's a fun episode, and and I, I totally agree with you, Daniel. It's it really starts to cement Picard and Q's relationship, which pays off later. I mean, that's why the scenes in like All Good Things resonate more because by then Picard's not quite like, you know, I think if the events of All Good Things had happened much sooner, Picard wouldn't have believed Q when he's like, "I'm actually helping you," but because of episodes like this where we establish that as part of Q's character, we now, um, you know, we can believe that. Well, I think Q's attitude toward Jean-Luc has always been like that of a master to a beloved pet. (laughs) Well, it's only an analogy, sir. And then, and right Um, then, we knew that Data would never become a commander. Is that it? Is that the line? It's like that, and then like Worf saving Jadzia and getting someone killed. Those are the two <laughs> things that will never get you to the captain. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, I think with Cupid, like those little moments of just like when um, Vosh walks, or no, when Beverly walks in um, with Vosh and Jean Luc having breakfast, and that look on Picard's face, like, oh gosh, that's right, 
Beverly does come in during this time, and now I have to make introductions. And now this is a uh, this is a uh, Beverly, uh, Doctor Beverly, uh, Doctor <laughs> Beverly Crusher, and this is um one of the scientists who's in my quarters in the morning at six a.m. Like you do. Is it really oh six hundred? I completely forgot. Computer. <laughs> Next time, no, remind we were just talking me. about um this brilliant archaeological Pot um thing. thing. <laughs> He's just looking at the first thing in this corner. It's a lamp. <laughs> uh, did you just did you just say Space that lamp. because you just looked at the lamp? No, it's totally what we're talking about. <laughs> and that's how you work right, a it... uh, Anchorman reference into. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek podcast. Because <laughs> I mean, like, like I said at the, at the beginning of the show, like I mean, you know, TNG, especially the Picard character, but all of TNG. Some people think of it as, I mean, which it is, maybe this very serious show. But to have moments like this, I mean, do you do you think these are like just rare moments, or do you think, I mean, like like Daniel, do you just think like TNG is just really a heavy show, and we just have these moments of com- comedy? Yeah, not at all. Actually, uh, it, when I saw that question, it was to me not at all. It totally fits within the the character of the show. It's a total. It's totally a part of the flavor of the show to be uh, funny a lot of the times. To be lighthearted. I mean, as much as we get the the measure of a man, best of both worlds, you know, Sarek kind of heavy episodes. We we have to contrast that with these fun episodes. You know, like Cupid or something like that, or or even uh, a tapestry, which which fills both of those roles, I think, uh, really really beautifully, and uh, it it's not against the tone of the show in my mind. In my mind, uh, Star Trek can be just as funny as serious, and uh, is is all the better for it. I think I love I love the comedic episodes because they, like you said, we're de- we're dealing with heavy subjects a lot of the time. We're thinking really deep about what how we feel about things and sometimes it's fun to just go out in space and have an adventure and not really have to think too much so and i think start all of the all incarnations do it very well and and tng is no exception to that what about you yeah Darren? i think that's one of the geniuses of the q character especially in cupid because you know they don't have to spend a lot of time like setting up why this is happening it's just oh q did it and it's like okay yeah, and then they just accept it. I mean, if any other character of the week had shown up, we would have had to spend half the episode <laughs> describing why that happened. But uh, no, I think Star Trek's a good balance in comedy. I- I'd say on a scale of, you know, the new Battlestar Galactica to on one end of the spectrum, and then you have something like Stargate SG One on the other end. I think Star Trek Next Generation is kind of right in the middle. Like it's got. I thought it would be like the old Battlestar. The old Battlestar. Like that's really the spectrum, just Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> no, no. But no, I think you know shows like uh, Stargate definitely take don't take themselves nearly as serious as Star Trek does, in a, in a good way. Like they have their fun. They know how to how to do that. And and when Star Trek does too, it's enjoyable. It never feels out of place. I don't feel like oh, where's the real Star Trek? Like when an episode like this comes along. Well, speaking of comic characters. And we talked about Q. So when I, when, I, when I was making this list, there's only one other character that always brings the comedy, and that's Mrs. Troy. Um, walks on. Always. Yes. That's an interesting word to use for that. Yes. Well, which, which is interesting, and, and we can talk about it, but like, much like Q, she actually has half of her episodes are actually very serious. To now, now, to be clear, the, which the, Mrs. Troy are we talking about? 
<laughs> is this ship crashing, Troy? Without a beard. Or, uh... <laughs> um, but the two episodes I had, the two, the two Troy episodes, um, were Manhunt from season two, episode 19, and Menage a Troy, another season three, of course, um, episode 24. So, um, Daniel, since I did Darren last time. Um, Loxana. So either those two episodes or any other moment. What what are, what are the how does Loxana bring the funny for you? Or 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 does she call you um, you know, Doniel or something instead? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, she's a complicated character pro- probably worth talking about in depth at some point, but um like I love Menage Troy. I think it's a great episode. I think it's a fun episode. I actually just watched that episode today uh, in preparation of this show here. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And even in the bad episodes, like the first episode she's in from the first season, which I cannot remember. The Is that name. the one with the, the toy you. box, like gift box? Yes. Oh, yes. Man. Yes. Yep. Yep. Congratulations. You're getting married. Blah, here she not, not, yeah. not Trek's finest hour. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like that episode and the one after that that she's in, which I can't remember. But I like I like her little banter with Picard. Their little flirtations, fun, and like even if she's surrounded by maybe not the greatest story or, or episode, she brings amusing elements most of the time. Except maybe like Dark Page when it's, it's almost too dark to even enjoy. <laughs> yeah. it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, um, but she she she's a she's an She's a fun character most of the time, and even if like, even if not not everything works for you uh, in that episode that she's in, like you're at least gonna have a little bit of fun because you can tell she's having fun, and and that really kind of elevates it for me. So, well, of course, as I always have to bring up the early seasons. I think one of my favorite part with Manhunt again, Troy, much like Q. And much like Bosch, who we'll also talk about here in a second more, um, she, you know, she's totally not Starfleet. She's totally not Starfleet. So she is not, you know, has no, you know, rules or regulations tying her down. And so she likes to make Jean-Luc squirm, just like Q does and just like Bosch does, honestly. Maybe that's the <laughs> maybe that's the theme here. How do we make this um, a funny so, episode? In, Let's make Picard, Picard <laughs> awkward. You know, squ- yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, if you remember, you know, he's wearing his dress. I mean, excuse me, formal <laughs> uniform. Um, he's invited to her quarters um, and, you know, goes to Mr. Mr. Home and like, oh, when's everyone else coming? And, you know, Mr. Home kind of looks at him and drinks his <laughs> wine bottle. Um, this is the best and scene. They're, they're just squirming through that conversation. And then, you know, Picard's like, oh, uh, you know who would be an episode about that? Um, um, Mr. Data, Mr. Data, do you know anything about Call this? Call him Hutch. <laughs> and then just invite <laughs> But I mean, and then you know, her flirting and not knowing what the holodeck is, and having to flirt with the holodeck guy, and they're they're like, just give her a moment. It's fine, Rex, Rex, <laughs> bartender, right? Anyway, um, so Darren, what, what do you think of Mrs. Troy? No, I think you know she's a great character. Uh, I mean, Majel Roddenberry really. I, I'm glad that she got a role, you know, besides the computer, uh, you know, because she's she's really a talented actress, and uh, as as difficult as people say like serious roles are you know funny roles are also you know pretty tricky to deliver you know consistently and not you know spiral into something that's just not funny but she you know she has her moments obviously where she's serious and where she's you know being a mother she could definitely give beverly uh advice about being a mother uh but that would be a a fun episode beverly ever called wesley little one (laughs) 
I'm, I'm just now picturing, um, you know, it's it's like the workout day and and Crusher's there getting ready for worst calisthenic program. And Mrs. Troy, Loxana comes in instead of Deanna and like she just starts talking to her off. And Beverly's just like, no, 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 no. Uh, medical emergency to uh, <laughs> to Dr. Crush. But but no, but uh, I really like her character. Now, Darren, Loxana did give some parenting advice, but it was not to Beverly. It was to Mr. Woof. <laughs> Ugh, One of Daniel's favorite episodes of when she took Alexander. A mud bath is wing. totally uh, <laughs> appropriate. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not in the slightest. You have to laugh a little every day. Uh, I also have to, one of my, and it actually doesn't involve Loxana. It's actually uh, when Troy and Riker are in the ready room with Picard. In Manhunt, I know I, I always push the early episodes, and she, and Troy's explaining basically the um, uh, uh, the I, what am I supposed to call it? The Betazoid menopause, yeah. basically. Um, and and Riker's like, yeah, yeah, Deanna explained it to me. You know, sometimes the sex drive can go like three times, and Troy's like ten times. And Riker's like, what? And Troy's like, I didn't want to scare you off. And and Picard's just like, <laughs> I don't want to be in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> It's another one of those awkward tracker moments. Um, quick, Mr. Data, <laughs> coming to the bridge. <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, yeah, and and again, I just love, uh, you know, that 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 annoyance that Loxana brings, which I always think sometimes Deanna overreacts a little bit. But I, I get it—the whole kind of like, why aren't you married? You know, and and that, that sort Jewish of does mother. put a twist on the on the Troy. You know, like because I mean, Troy to a certain extent can be. I mean, Deanna can be kind of serious, um, a character. But to see her kind of squirm just like Picard under Loxana is pretty fun. Like, you know, why haven't you married that Riker anyway? Why are you wasting that time? Like, yes, we're all wondering that. Well, and has it ever been established, like, how old Betazoids live? I mean, she could be, like, in her teens as far as we know. I mean, she probably doesn't live as much <laughs> as Vulcans do, but I've never seen that written down. Oh, well. Well, like I said, speaking of characters who make Jean-Luc squirm <laughs> in perhaps more ways than one, um, uh, Captain's Holiday, uh, Season 3, Episode 19. This is introduces Vosh and also introduces Rom, but that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Um, and, it's uh, not Rom. It's, you know. I mean, it's the same, it's the same actor, but it's not, you know. Uh. Yeah, right. We heard your whole not Galron last week, Darren. Your excuses. Look, are... that's not Tuvok so... taking over the Enterprise. I swear <laughs> to you, that's totally a human. Well, he died, so it can't and be. Came back as Tuvok. <laughs> oh, like like Vulcans have never died and come back before. Sam. Come on now. He put his Katra in uh, <laughs> in Picard's saddle on deck twelve. <laughs> Remember. <laughs> Oh, no wonder he's so close to that thing, huh? Now, Daniel, I know that I would never trust you to give me advice on Ryza, much like Riker. So what do you think of Captain's Holiday? Oh, man. I, speaking of which, I'm glad you mentioned that because I love that little bit that they have when he gives him the, uh, the horror <laughs> I love that. I think it's the best thing ever. Uh, see, this is like the little, like, even, you know, Captain's Holiday, which is kind of a lighter episode. But even in the heavier episodes, we get these little moments between the characters and and stuff where they they you know they have fun with each other and and you can tell that that, that they're kind of like a family unit thing. But Captain's Holiday is a great episode. Um, not not really one that I normally think of uh, as a comedic episode, though I guess it kind of is because it's never really serious. It's not too heavy and 
And like you said, Rom <laughs> is never a threat. So, you know. But he wants so uh, much gold. You, except for Cape. <laughs> <laughs> useless, useless gold, gold. Right? Ha, ha, ha. you humans are so funny <laughs> now this is but it's a it's a good episode this is one of the um and i don't know correct me if i'm wrong because this is, this is a really early um episode and, and i mean in the grand scheme of things where we start using ferengi just strictly as you know comic relief like you know yeah. we tried yeah. the last outpost we're sorry <laughs> um and so now we know what to do with these guys from from fur coats to Ferengi shorts, I think they just went right into right. that metropolitan bus, ripped the fabric right off like the chairs, shirt. and just plastered it right on his shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, 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 you're right. The, the Ferengi is wearing a Hawaiian yeah. shirt, isn't he? <laughs> he, he really is. Uh. <laughs> well, and, and and I think one thing this episode shows us is not only does uh, Jean Luc like to sleep. In certain clothing, he likes to party in certain clothing. <laughs> Those, that man, look, he's proud about his legs. That's all I'm going to say. He has, he was a runner in the academy. He has worked to tone those muscles, and he's going to show them off whenever he can. You know, one thing, now that I'm actually thinking about it, that, a little, that maybe bothers me a little bit here. First of all, we, we learned that Picard is quite the partier when he was, when he was in his youth. Um, and he's been around the block in the Federation, you know, as, as far as that's concerned. He has never heard of Horgons before. He's never been to Ryza before. He's never hey, heard of Hey, when this you're busy ferrying uh, delegates all around the Federation, you don't have a lot of time to go to Ryza. I don't think there were any delegates on the Stargazer. When you, Did you were see that busy ship? getting your ship lost to Ferengi... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you well, mean. Well, you know, it's like, it's like never being is, to Vegas. Is, I guess basically rides as Vegas. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Well, I think Risa is like the twerking of the Gosh. 24th century. Picard's a little old for it, and it's just come along. Like it hasn't been established like how long Risa has been. Around. No, you think Horgon's yeah, like, like the it, new like Risa. slang that the kids are saying nowadays that he just doesn't exactly. know. Exactly, and of course Riker's on Twitter. He knows all about it. Actually, I think Riker's on Snapchat. <laughs> That's how this works. I'm I'm Subspace fairly chat. I'm fairly sure we saw uh, Horgons on Enterprise, so that's that is not actually a reasonable excuse. Oh goodness, yeah. I, I think isn't that how the episode ends? And like with the car going like, Mister Riker, we need to have a long yeah. talk yeah, yeah. <laughs> about your career because that's where all our conversations. <laughs> <laughs> now I see why you haven't had any time for any uh, development. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, there's actually another episode I just thought of, but I'm still going to go by the list, so too bad at me. Um, my next episode is to actually go back. <laughs> I was wondering season. if we were going to um, make it past season three. <laughs> early seasons, only early seasons. Anyway, is A Fist Full of Datas, season six, episode eight, where Sheriff Worf and Deputy Alexander have to make the city safe. <laughs> and right there, so, you totally Darren, forgot the holodeck program, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> It's very forgettable. <laughs> so, so the, you mean the ancient West? Um, so, Darren, <laughs> as 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 a good parent, quality time. How do you think of this? Yeah, movie? I didn't quite catch the lead-in you were guiding me to when we opened up the episode, so I totally went the Schism's route instead of the fistful of datas. <laughs> uh, but this, look, however you parent, <laughs> it's between you and Beverly. That's pretty much. Um, but uh, but no, this is a fun episode, and and uh, you know it adds a bit. It's it's very much like Westworld. Uh, if either of you have seen that uh, classic Yul Brenner movie, uh, basically it's like a, 
a pleasure park where you can be in the wild wild west and you get to be the good guy and you get to shoot people because everybody's robots so you know but they eventually start remembering that you shoot them and they revolt and kill everybody uh but um anyway but yeah so and you get you know some high noon aspects you get uh you know it's just it's a it's a star trek western it's you know and uh not till that whatever episode i can't remember the title of uh, enterprise do we you know ever have you know westerns in star trek oh um, it's like North home star, North star home yes. star something yes. like that north star north star Oh, yeah. Home, home star runner. <laughs> Have awesome. a nice well glad saved. of melanade. <laughs> 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 but um, oh man, kids, ask that your parents. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, I love fistful of datas, and you know, yeah, you get uh, you know, Worf pulling off the uh, you know the whole um, uh, what was it? Hid the or no? I'm thinking Back to the Future Three now. Never mind. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> totally mixing up my Western Western parody, and then the part where um, Data gets stuck into the past, and we have to reboot him. Wait, the time no, when Data time has zero. to get up to eighty-eight miles an hour and on the train. <laughs> Wait, no, no, but uh, but no, this is a really fun episode, and it definitely uh, is a good use of the holodeck. You know, yes, the holodeck again is trying to kill you, but it, through all that, they actually constructed a fairly good story around that. Um, and we learn why you don't want to overclock your data and just uh, leave him at the factory default <laughs> settings. Uh, well, yeah. I, I enjoy the, the B plot, if you want to call it that element of, of data, you know, I mean, of course, they're still on the ship, but, you know, back on the ship. Back outside um, the holiday. You know, turning Western. Yeah. And where he just, like, spits in the observation My favorite lounge. he flips the tricorder <laughs> and, like, puts it in his little holster. <laughs> and he's kind of like sauntering down the hall the the corridor like he's got spurs on i said sket your varmint what, what about you daniel which which was your favorite data character we get it brent we know you want to do <laughs> something this is like else. the culmination of it. your favorite episodes it's like data praying oh yeah right even the you know the it's, dancer at the bar at the end <laughs> oh, oh mr chef <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I assume when you say comedic episodes and you're talking about Fistful of Datas, we're talking about Marina Sirtis' hilarious attempt at some sort of a southern western <laughs> accent uh, because it's terrible, honestly. Uh, I, I don't blame her, actually. It was, you know, they probably said go nuts because at that point, what, Brent was doing 12 different accents in that episode? <laughs> so who, who cares, you know? It's fun. It's, it's a fun episode. I, I kind of hate the the disparate parts of it, I, you know, Alexander and broken down holodeck and, but I don't hate the episode overall. Actually, I, I think it's a fairly fun kind of decent episode. And, um, it definitely has comedic moments. Of course, Worf is the king of comedy, I think on TNG. So he's, He's always doing something funny and and getting he's the original confused. king of comedy. <laughs> he, really is, yeah. he was doing that tour in the nineties. Chancellor, you don't chancellor of comedy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, like I, I mean, I, I love the uh, you know. He, in the first like bit where he's getting attacked and he like does like the Klingon moves and like takes out all the bad guys and Alexander's like no 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 you're not doing it right he's like what oh okay I see. I'm trying to see why you like this program the blood fever was about to grip him he was almost about to kill Alexander <laughs> in that moment if only oh <laughs> but. oh yes I mean come on you have data in a dress on Worf's chest. <laughs> 
I mean, that's how the holodeck program ends. Come on. Come on. No smiles. It's, so, it's, it's almost like it was I, I programmed it by Barkley. I have title, though, too. It's like TNG's got some creative titles, and this was a pretty creative one. <laughs> I mean, it's no paintball episode, Daniel. I'll agree, but still. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Well, that's actually I can think of some more, but I'm but I'm gonna allow this to be a, sort of a round robin part. So of, of basically, it doesn't have to be a favorite episode, or I mean, a comedic episode. Got to just be a comedic moments in Trek. Um, and I'll I'll give you guys. You make guys already have one. I'll, I'll just throw out an episode and just say Rascal. I can't believe I didn't put Rascals on the list. Of course, it should be <laughs> on there. So, but anyway, so so Darren, what favorite? I want to see my dad now, 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 now. <laughs> And and don't get me started on the Frankie would not know the insideness of number one. Well, I'll just I'll just leave it there. They saw the unaired p- pilot, the cage. They know what it means. So, but but Darren, any favorite comedic moments or laugh out loud TNG moments? Um, I think that's what's tricky about TNG though, is because I mean, there's there's great moments, but they're so interspersed. I mean, yes, you have your comedic in quotes, you know, episodes like, you know, Fistful of Datas and, you know, Cupid, where they're very obviously trying to have a fun episode. But the best ones are, yeah, like like you said, where, like, Worf just delivers the dry wit, you know, uh, and or or, uh, or Riker says something. Like, like, Cap- like uh, again, it's in, I know it's Rascals, but, like, when Riker, you know, has got the little Captain Picard doll, and he's like, I'll be on the bridge. And, you know, it's just... It's the little thing. Oh, that's that's that actually it. um um oh lordy when uh oh no you're right that's Pegasus. disaster. Or is that Pegasus? Pegasus because that's it. Captain Picard thing. Yeah. Pegasus, you're that. right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I mean Pegasus, which we wouldn't count as a not at all. You know, comedy episode, but it's got this great you know, and then Picard's conversation with the. Uh, the admiral, where she's like Captain Picard, eh? <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yes, I'm a I'm a role model." I'm sure, like, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hang up on this interstellar call fast enough. Sorry, admiral, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> Captain, I can see you right through the screen. You're you're just doing making a noise there. Mister the Forge, where's my static button? I told you to install on this monitor. <laughs> or it just turns into Galaxy Quest, where he just like makes the signal and keeps on talking, and they can hear him. <laughs> Oh, perhaps I'm not as stupid <laughs> as I am ugly. <laughs> well, since we voted that Galaxy Quest is one of the best Star Trek movies ever, does that count in our uh, in our list? But no, uh, no. yeah, but no, that line in Pegasus—that's such a great scene. Which again, like you know, kicks off this super serious, like make a go- make the right choice Riker episode. <laughs> but it's so fun, which follows through all the way into the 22nd century. So yeah, it's a pretty important episode, I would say. You said make the right choice. Is this a Spike Lee joint? Is that what this episode is? <laughs> <laughs> Do the right thing. Get Bacot. I should have told you the right thing oh from gosh. the very beginning. Okay. Now, Daniel, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say two words that will bring your love of comedy to Star Trek, and that is Mr. Tricorder. <laughs> no, I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to bring up uh, uh, Captain Picard Day. I'm glad that Darren mentioned it. Um, uh, but there are a few there are a few things that I always think of when I think of, of funny. And, and Darren also happened to mention Disaster and Worf's fantastic delivery of Molly O'Brien in Disaster is <laughs> is one of the highlights for me. I think it's I cannot stop laughing every time I watch it. <laughs> 
Because they like you it's may like, now give birth. <laughs> it's so cut in through the episode and so perfectly delivered. You know, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And like, yeah, and you may now give birth. Congratulations. <laughs> like, yeah, the simulation was not this difficult. Well, I'm sorry. It was much more orderly. <laughs> in fact, that episode has a lot of funny parts. The parts with Riker and Data are also pretty amusing. Like, what am I supposed to do with your head, Data? This is ridiculous. <laughs> or um, Picard in the turbo lift with the kids. Yeah. Like, oh. you know. But crying kids. I mean, yeah, it's disaster. Comedy. It's the movies. It's disaster, <laughs> but yet it's got all these funny moments. And and really, one of the most classic things is also in one of the darkest episodes, to me, uh, in season three. Of course, we love season three here. Uh, in the season three episode, uh, the Survivor, Survivors, <laughs> Survivor. Uh, when Worf says the, the the famous line, "Good tea." Nice house. Like, <laughs> I love that line. It's so funny. And and like, I, I just want to say I'm now picturing like one of those realtor signs like outside <laughs> a property like with a little arch, and it's just Worf like kind of like a thumbs up, and he's just got a big old quote like in this in a swirly font that says "Good tea, nice house," and then it's got the sold sign on the top. But you know, it's it's so true. Like Darren was just mentioning, like. The thing about TNG is is that it's it's the the humor in it is it's such a part of the, the essential fabric and so interwoven that it's sometimes hard to remember it and think about it separate from the rest of these episodes. You don't, you wouldn't think we already mentioned like in on in Pegasus that we have this great opening scene, this fantastic, fun, silly opening scene, but we do because it fits. Even though it's a totally disparate situation, it just fits these characters that. Most of the time, they're having fun. And, uh, you know, I, there's probably 10 other instances I could think of, but those were the two that I really wanted to bring up. Now, I, w- I know one of your favorite episodes, Daniel, is Data's Day. And so I'm currently thinking of the Data Learns to Dance scene with Beverly. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what? You wanted that kind of dance? Oh, okay. Just, so. or, or Data just tap dancing. <laughs> oh, again, again, this, you know, just talking about it, like, mm-hmm. Think of The Offspring, which is a, a super serious episode. But then we have Data's offspring making out with Riker in that, in that one scene at the bar. And it's so fun and so funny and so much. You know what I mean? It's just it's just these moments are just, just part of the fabric of the show, I think. And I think you could just do a whole episode just on funny Data moments. Because I think one that always sticks in my mind is uh, I think it's from the Defector, which again is that's another serious episode. I think I think because like, I, I believe it's from this episode where LaForge is like, you know, is it telling the truth or you know the Romulans could catch us with our pants down? And Data's like, pants down? <laughs> <laughs> we should ignite the midnight petroleum. <laughs> yeah, no, Data's Data's got the Data brings the funny, he uh, does. but but sometimes he tries too hard. Like the episode where he's you know trying to learn comedy <laughs> from the Jerry Lewis impersonators, oh, it's it's funny, but it's so forced. Like it, and again, like yeah, it's funnier later when uh, when Guinan's like you know that was funny because of what you said. Like not all the stupid jokes you tried to tell, you know. It's just like Star Trek. If you try too hard, it doesn't work. Well, and, and you know, not to ignore the movies, I think probably one of the funniest scenes, um, I like to say, I'd say top ten, has to be Troy in First Contact. I had to drink six glasses of something cold 
Tequila. Tequila even talk with me. Is the one we were looking for. To get, get his bloody hands off Don't me. Don't you go patronizing my counseling. It's a primitive culture. I'm only really trying to blend in. <laughs> You're blended, all right. Or, or um, in the also in that movie uh, where uh, Jordy's talking to to Barkley, and he's like, "You told him about the statue," or he's like, or even Jordy, he's like, "You're kind of standing there with your arm stretched out." <laughs> And you're looking out to the horizon. I probably shouldn't tell you I this. I gotta take but a leap. I went to that from Cochrane High School. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you shouldn't. Have told <laughs> you know what? I I and I'll, I'll even I'll spread the love here, and I I'll say ninety nine percent of the humor that is attempted in Genes- in generations is forced and is not funny. But I love, I absolutely love every time I watch it, um, the Life Forms song <laughs> that, that Data says when he's at the console. I can't stand Mr. Tricorder. I think that's obnoxious and annoying. Or his, his profanity yeah, when yeah, yeah. the ship's about to crash mm. is, is also pretty funny. Well, I also like in, in the TOS time where Scotty's like, is something wrong with your chair? <laughs> it's just... It's, again, it's it's the subtleties. Subtle comedy's way better than like I'm telling you a joke now. It is. Yeah. Um, it is. It is green. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Ah, oh, relics. <laughs> it's been fun talking about comedic episodes today, but this is just one of the many Trek topics we've been talking about here on the network this week. Here's a quick look at what else you may have missed here on Trek.fm. Previously on Trek.fm. Standard orbit. Because it's it's actually legitimately trying to say something. Yes, very Star Trek. It may be the most Star Trek of all Star Trek. Yeah, it's definitely what I would point to as being, this is what science fiction is about. Earl Grey. Kovac will tell us to experience Bij sometimes, in which case we will draw the Bij card, Klingon word for pain. Is so it birthday? It is. It is. It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. To the journey! That's the one thing we could take from Homecoming is like paragraph one, Chakotay and Seven break up. That's for real. Yeah, they that shake happened. hands and go, hey, it's been fun. It's been nice. Thanks for the picnic. Eh, see then... ya. Commentary, Trek stars. Fair At this enough. point, like, they could say, yeah, why not? Star Wars crossover. I would, I would essentially say, fine. Both franchises are dead. Let's just sew them together and see what happens. Melodic Treks. One of the most well thought out alien races that you only see in one episode. Yeah, and the music is, is it's menacing without being over menacing, if that makes yeah. sense. Axonar, the official podcast. I think Justin Lin is a, is a fascinating choice to direct because the Fast and the Furious movies, even though, yeah, they're action, adventure, road race movies, are really about a family. The 602 Club. That's really cool, though. I mean, I, I think that is uh, a fantastic way to get to see just about any movie is, is kind of being able to watch it through a kid's eyes. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can check out all these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Basically, you can find them anywhere. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links and if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show just go to trek.fm slash contact from there choose send to show and of course select Earl Grey these messages will be emailed to the three of us personally 
Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekfm and on Twitter under username trekfm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, into the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. If you have any ideas for future shows or content ideas, you can contact our associate producer, Will Nguyen. You can find him on Twitter at Will underscore Nguyen and, of course, in the Babel Conference. He's also an associate producer for The Orb and Literary Treks and is Trek FM's content coordinator. All right, guys. Um, we got something out of the old subspace mailbag here. So this is from Mike H. Cause I'm a, I feel like I'll mispronounce his last name if I say it. Um, he is from Bentonville, Arkansas. So, Mike, we appreciate it. And uh, he says to us, he says, what am I going to do now? I've, cut up on, I've caught up on all your previous episodes, except the one about Ship of the Line, which I haven't read yet, so spoilers, and now have to wait a week for the next one. You guys have a great show. Hope Warp 5 is as binge-worthy, and we think it is, uh, all about Enterprise, um, with Norm over there, and and Happy New Year. So, so Mike, we appreciate the feedback. We like to start off 2015 with, with, with great comments from, from listeners like you, so we certainly appreciate it. All right, Daniel, um, if folks want to get advice for comedians to choose from the holodeck uh, and, and learn how to be, you know, funny, where can they find you on the Twitterverse? Well, if they need to know how to be funny, they can definitely come to me, and they can find me <laughs> at One Up Dan. That is the number one, not the word. That's funny. <laughs> See? See, Darren knows. Darren knows, too. And, Darren, if they want to find out why, you're the number one dad. Where can they reach you on Twitter? Oh, you're just assuming I have a Twitter account. Fine. Okay, I get it. Uh, no, Fine. they can where find can me they, on Where can on they find Twitter. you on Snapchat? <laughs> Oh dear God! Because no. you're a dad. Uh, you don't have one. Aha! Mu- it's that's uh, at Mudbath Dad uh, on on Snapchat. So, but yes, they can find me on Twitter under username Doctor Sci-Fi. It's D R S C I F I. All right. And if folks want to uh, talk about their favorite comedic moments um, on TNG and, I don't know, I guess maybe other Star Trek, whatever, um, they can reach me on Twitter. My handle is NC Public Servant. That's NC for nothing but comedy, folks.
Alright guys, um, it's been great, um, but I, I got this uh, wedding invitation uh, from Loxana, so um, I'll be in the gym. Until next week, make it so. Live long and prosper. Endgame. Fire. <laughs>